welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I am Jen. And I'm Kat. And thank you so much for joining us today for another episode. So you heard our stories in episode one and two, and now we are ready to start getting into the work. <laughs> so, Here we go. Yes. So feel free for this episode to grab a notebook because we are going to unpack the personality, the ego, and what's beneath it all, our intuition, our soul, and our higher self. So for those of you new on this spiritual journey, one of the most important things you can do early on on this life path is really review the labels that you've placed on yourself along the way. So these labels are usually based on the circumstances we've been through, sometimes our hobbies, what we do for work or for living, what our beliefs are, and there can be labels tied to gender, relationships and so sometimes these are ones that we put on ourselves and also the labels can come from other people so it can be what we are told as we're growing up what we get complimented for what we receive attention for so all of these labels kind of making up our personality yeah that's right there's so many boxes that we put ourselves in like jen said and some of this um comes from a place of like biological, um, maybe physiological as well. And then a lot of it is also learned. So I'll start by sharing a little bit about the boxes that I put myself in when I was growing up and how that's changed a bit through the years. Mm -hmm. So if you know me in person, you know, I'm really short. I'm 5'1". I'm 5'1", too. I'm 5'1". Oh my gosh. Did we ever put that together? I don't (laughs) think so. That's hilarious. Just another um, connection here. Right? Two shorties just talking about our spiritual journeys. Totally a label thrown on me as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I bet. How can you not be, right? It's like either you're really short, you're really tall, or the only time your height doesn't get brought into the picture is when you're somewhere in between. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah, with that small label, I was told um, that I was cute a lot, that I was sweet. Also, somewhere along the lines, I developed this idea that for a small, cute person, I had to also be ditzy. Um, And so that was something that in high school, I started kind of acting and taking on myself. um, Because, yeah, I just felt like that's, that's who I was supposed to be. Whether I felt that way or not, really, like inside, didn't really matter because that's how I was expected to show up. This is the story that my ego told me. Another box is that I'm fun, so people could always look to me when they wanted to have a good time. They could turn to me, they could shoot me a text, and I would always, you know, give them something fun to do, whether I had the energy to do it or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, growing up, that's kind of like the person, the mold that I fit into. And what happened with that is I. I fell in this line where I didn't think that I could be bold when I really wanted to be, when I wanted to speak my mind and and be serious and have those sorts of conversations. I didn't feel like it was my place. And when I grew up, you know, when I uh, graduated high school and started to understand what I was doing to myself and the molds that I had created, 
I really didn't like that. <laughs> and I wanted to challenge that and I wanted to be taken seriously above all. Uh, I was at that place where, you know, I was in college, I was a college girl and I wanted to be taken seriously and like the in intelligent person that I knew myself to be. I'm small, but I always tell people this. I don't feel as small as I am. I feel tall. <laughs> Would you say something similar, Jen? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was that was so well said. And so, yeah, that that is 100% it, is that these labels that we put on ourselves, we we feel like we always have to show up as those things. And when we have like a different persona we're wanting to bring to the table, like one day we're feeling a ton of emotions and maybe we can't be as sweet and kind, then we don't feel like we can show up as that because it feels, yeah, it doesn't feel connected to us because that is not a label that we have previously identified with. So growing up for me, I was told Jennifer is so good with people. She's always so extroverted and smiley. I got called smiley, smiley shorty. <laughs> um, I always happy. I was known as being really loud. That was always like huge. So I was always a little con self-conscious about that. And then I really struggled with weight growing up. So not only the doctors telling me I'm overweight at any appointment I went to, but yeah, there's obviously mm -hmm. little comments made from peers tied around that. So I really believed like, okay, well, I'm overweight, but I have this fun personality. At least people like to be around me. But I would have never challenged those beliefs. So the, the issue is that even though some of these labels can hold a more positive charge, like being seen as kind can feel really good. Like I love to be a kind person. Um, and then there can be the more like painful and negative charged ones like, yeah, overweight or ones that are very personal to your body image. Those can hold a lot more negative. But the issue is, is we start attaching so much to those labels that we always have to show up personifying these blocks that we've created and if exactly. any if we're ever gonna show up any other way it yeah we we just can't do it or we we feel so much internal resistance to showing up in those other forms right so, and I think some of that comes yeah. with like maturity right um Definitely. In questioning, questioning those boxes as we get a little bit older like I remember having a moment where I was like you know what screw that ditzy girl I've been pretending to be. Mm -hmm. I'm not aloof. I'm not that fairy-like personality. I'm actually pretty composed and focused. So going back to seeing those high school friends after I made these like aligned changes with who I actually felt like, I remember people telling me I changed when really I was just acting the way that I truly felt on the inside. So we're met yeah. with that, right? Yeah. And so that's it. People notice and they start, they'll judge and question you when you show up as different I think that can make us really insecure like you know that's when we can still hide so even if you showed like if you showed up like very passionate and more intense one day they'd be like what's with Kat today like why is she being like that why is she being like so mean like what got yeah what got you down and then those questionings and judgments that we receive from others that can make us hide back into our shells but mm -hmm. The, the point is, as we 
are moving through the world, it's not meant to look one way. It's it's meant to be ever shifting. But the attachment to these identities, if you don't stay in constant check with it, you're not staying in check with the ego because the ego, this is the fuel for it. I am, I am this, I am that. The ego loves to have control and set presets to things. And this leads to though, um, when, when we look at those boxes, so yeah, maybe you even pause the podcast right now and start to actually put them down on paper. I have so many notebooks of um, little boxes and then the words that I started to believe. And then look at those boxes, those identities that you've given yourself and ask yourself when those things are challenged, when someone, you know, brings up a question about one of those identities, what do you feel? What happens? And then also looking at, are these things still serving me? Like, have I always showed up this way? When did I start showing up this way? And do I do I need this anymore? Like, was this, yeah, maybe more for my youth? Did I, did I attach to it based on my family circumstances? What can I release and surrender and let go of? Such an awesome exercise. Journaling can just help bring so much more awareness to what your subconscious knows and it just comes out through your pen to the paper. So it's an awesome exercise. Uh, hope you all take some time to do that. Yeah, and so that is that is what it's about. It's, it's learning and unlearning how we want to be perceived and how attached we are to that. Um, and so another awesome tool, so if you're um, – doing the journaling and you're having trouble even pulling up, like I don't even know some of the labels. I don't really know how people see me, which can definitely, it's sometimes hard to flip the mirror and look at yourself. Um, I love using personality tests and not for the reason of, you know, using them as an excuse like, oh, well, I'm an ENFJ, so that's just how it is. You know, Myers-Briggs. Um, I love the Enneagram. I love the love language tests that you can do. And all of these are just Google searched uh, quizzes you can take. But sometimes when we can make a list of the results of these tests, we can get that lens of how did I answer those questions? What result did that bring up? And that can sometimes be a good map to unlearning yourself. So sometimes we have to learn what we have become, and I put that in quotations, Mm. so that we can unlearn those things and realize that, yeah, that is that is not what I want to, um, that's not how I want to move through this, this life anymore. That's such a great point. I remember like taking some personality tests back in the day and not liking my results and then questioning myself and then taking it again to change my answers to get what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it does not always mean that that is what we are. And so I think there can be a shadow side to the personality test of, you know, people using it as an excuse to not do the work. But it can be an awesome map for the work. So, okay, you just answered that way. That doesn't mean that that's what you are and that you have to, it's not to give you another box. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. to help you unbox yourself. And I think that can be a really good tool to use for that. I agree. It's very illuminating no matter what. Yeah. And so... Yeah, we're peeling back the layers once we start to shed 
more and more of these things that is what is underneath all of it is our intuition and it's our Mm -hmm. connection to that soul and higher self um intuition is this deeper understanding beyond personal senses so it's that inner knowing it can be our hunches where we really feel like I think I'm supposed to go talk to that person I I just feel like I should say something or it can be just those gut visceral reactions it can be a sense of trusting what's coming next um it can be like I know I'm supposed to be here I feel like I I'm meant to be in this space at this time And it can be that perfect idea that just pops into your head where you just know like, wow, that's genius. Let me write that down or that's such a good idea. Those are the moments when we're we're hearing from that intuition side. That's right. The ego and the intuition, they they work side by side, uh, but they are very separate. And so I loved what you shared about the intuition. And really, the more that we can get into the place of getting comfortable listening to our bodies, the more easily we'll be able to trust from that place of intuition. So you've probably heard, trust your gut, right? It's like a common expression. Um, The word gut teams up with the word feeling a lot. And there's good reason for that. Research actually suggests that when um, emotion and intuition, they have a physical presence in our guts. Our guts are lined with a network of neurons and it's actually called the second brain. It's known as the enteric nervous system, and there's just like millions of neurons firing at all times. So um, whenever you don't trust your gut, you can physically get sick. You can also get sick about just having to make tough decisions. Like you'll feel it in your body. Your stomach will be upset. You might get a headache. You might get a little shaky. Like we all know what that feels and it's, it doesn't feel good. So, uh, we can be doing a lot of things to strengthen our guts as well in order to come from that place of, really heightened intuition and being open to receive and really lead from that place. So one way that you can do that is by eating healthy, clean, whole, unprocessed foods. So the gut loves fermented foods, foods that are rich in pre and probiotics like kombucha. I love brewing my Mm, own at home. It's so fun. Uh, (laughs) Jen, I got a scoby for you if you ever want to brew your own too. (laughs) I do. Yeah, I want to hear the how. Like I have questions now. (laughs) Yes, it's like part of my self-care Sunday routine. It's just something to that. We'll do a a workshop. (laughs) I love it. Sounds good. Got some kombucha, some kimchi, sauerkraut, yogurt, sourdough bread, another thing I love to make at home. Oh my gosh, your sourdough bread photos, like, guys, <laughs> follow Kat's Instagram. Oh, oh so you had my mouth watering the other day with a photo. Oh, I love it. Honestly, <laughs> love it. it's not that hard, and it tastes so much better than what they make at the store and you know exactly what's going into it it's like two ingredients so super simple and there's something to like making your food with love at home definitely and and knowing that it's good for your gut it's just an extra benefit (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Um, also good for your gut, those prebiotics. So these are different than the probiotics. Of course, they're similar, but prebiotics are naturally found in onions and garlic. So those are two really common household ingredients that um, prebiotics are rich in. So again, good for your gut. You can use these to flavor foods. I use them in my cooking every single day. Um, and yeah, you just brush your teeth after and it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Gut's happy. Yeah. Yeah. So the the reason the gut, you know, kind of falls into under this under this roof and under this lens is because when we're talking mind, body, and spirit, you hear that term really thrown around. So some of this um unveiling of the mind, like catching your thoughts and how they're tied to identity. But the body and the mind work so much together. Um, 95% of the serotonin that our brain receives comes from our gut. So there is a huge link to the body having to work with the mind and there being this tie. So even if you're doing all of this work to strip away some of your actions and to figure out some of the, um, yeah, the intention behind what you're doing and how you're showing up, there can still be a really big disconnect if our body is being um, really ignored and we, we tend to, you know, we can get very overwhelmed by the external. There can be a lot of numbing and checking out from the body, a lot of escaping, a lot of, you know, there can be that binging or the, you know, there's there's so many different nutritional factors that we can deep dive into. But the important part is knowing that when the mind and the body are working together and we put more intention behind how we're treating our body and what we're what we're actually taking in and the mind and body are starting to work together. We're keeping more consistent energy throughout the day. That makes us more intentional in how we're moving. But mind and body connection also leads to the spiritual side of things just like attaching right into you. So there is definitely a magic, whether you've you've felt this or not. In the spiritual community, I think a lot of people started off with just mental work and then some people get tied into just physical work, just doing a lot of focus on the body. But when we mesh those two together, that's when the spiritual world seems to find you. That's when more profound experiences start happening. That's when our intuition gets louder and starts telling us more and we start really belonging in the present more we're not so tied up in the past or worried about the future that we're not dropping fully in it really helps with that drop into the present yeah Yeah. so I'll kind of paint a picture of how you can actually feel your intuition in your body okay so think about um the last time that you've had a really intuitive moment so whether it was a hunch on something that you didn't understand fully where this feeling was coming from, but you knew you just had to listen to it. Chances are you felt it in your belly, right? Maybe the pit of your stomach. Uh, Maybe you got some goosebumps on your skin, a shiver down your spine. Maybe your heartbeat begins to race, your breath begins to quicken. Sometimes it's even more subtle than that though. And sometimes you might just describe it as like a deep knowing. 
Uh, You really feel when something is right, though. It feels clear, nourishing, it feels enriching. And conversely, on the other side, you'll feel it when something is off. So for me, this can be a feeling of like anxiety, of not knowing what's off, but knowing something's off. Um, It can also feel like deflating, like if I, my intuition was telling me something and I didn't act on it, then I'll feel rather deflated for a little while until I truly understand where it's coming from and can take action on it. And, you know, it does take a little while to get used to these signs and trusting your intuition might be difficult at first if you're not used to it, but truly it all happens with time. So just trust it bit by bit and try to act on it when you get these little signs in your body and just know it's all worth it. Yeah, I think for me, I I notice when I'm kind of out of that mind-body-spirit sync when I start looking at at other people as being, you know, separate from me. There's definitely this when I look over and I, you know, I start hearing myself have more judgmental thoughts or I, um, this can happen as you step into the spiritual community as well of this, well, I'm doing the work. So why is no one else doing the work? Um, Mm -hmm. There can be ego creeps in over and over and over again and tries to add separateness from yourself and to others. So I can feel when I'm not living by intuition because there's a disconnect from me and everyone around me. When I'm really in tune to the three parts working together, I really look around and I, I see through the lens of love so much more when I'm dialed in. I think I can look at everyone and see myself and I, I see this like very... I have this really strong sense that I'm meant to take in all the details, that I'm meant to feel everything in the moment. So I'll notice, yeah, what the wind feels like on my skin, what my feet feel like standing on the ground. It brings so much awareness to the present and all the sensations that I'm feeling. That's when I know like I'm in the flow. I'm I'm not attaching. I'm not falling into an ego trap. This is a beautiful moment. And that's when I know. Yeah, finding that time to be still and silent and present with whatever you're experiencing. It's all about staying open, right? To be able to receive what's coming your way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that is a huge part of the work. That is the, it's this uh, awakening together journey mm-hmm. is constantly coming back and, and recognizing like that little map that you draw of all your ego identities. You might need to be doing that every month because you're going to constantly pick up new things. So it's, um, yeah, it's easy to put a bumper sticker on a car, but peeling it off is always the tricky part. And that's that really is how it goes. And we do it over and over again. But that connection to intuition, you you probably have, yeah, recognize and look at the way you feel intuition in your body. So use the the writing prompts to also say, how do I, how do I feel? when I'm feeling that real sense of alive and and um, connectedness to the things around me. Yeah, I love that. Such great ideas. 
And it also makes me think about like what else is going on in our lives as we're trying to come to this place of listening to our intuitions really closely, separating our egos from our true inner selves. And our stimuli, our external stimuli has a lot to do with how open we're able to be. So think about like people in your life. There's people who are probably positive influences who encourage you to be your best, to reach for the stars, um, who inspire you to become the person that you want to be. And then there's probably other people who drain you and who just kind of add to the noise and make it more difficult to hear what your intuition wants you to hear. We all have them, right? It's life. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be those people on on both sides uh, because we don't live in bubbles as much as sometimes I want, I wish I did. It's just not Uh reality Uh and it's not necessarily positive to create echo chambers of only the people that we are around. Yeah, yeah, but just being still for that, that time, your intuition will be trying to talk with you and keeping those people who enrich and empower you um, nearby and walking away from those who drain you is a big step in in just aligning your energy with how you want it to move forward. Yeah, Um, I fully, fully agree. And just if, yeah, if you have those negative, you know, the, the people that do drain you, those negative around, I, I talk about this a lot, but we can learn a lot from the people that drain us too. That can sometimes be when our intuition can speak a little louder is the next time someone really bothers you, that is some of the best work we can do with tapping into our intuition and the why is the people that trigger all those unhealed feelings. Um, not that we want to stay and you know surround ourselves with those people, but it's going to happen. You can't avoid um, entering a space with someone that, yeah, can maybe pull from you more than add to you. But we can learn a ton about our reactivity in those moments, what that creates inside of us, what our instincts are. It can be a map to a lot of those preset beliefs and how we respond to them. So the next time you really feel that internal uh, flare up from somebody, you know, handle it with grace in that moment you know you want to always shine kind of a connectiveness um we're meant to be a light for others but take that information notice it go process it and sit and either yeah dump it journal it meditate on it figure out what did that bring up and why did that create such an internal conflict like i i have learned some of my best lessons on where I get judgmental, where I get harsh and disconnected from those those triggering people. So that can be mm-hmm. a huge map into figuring out where that ego comes in and goes, well, yeah, they're clearly not on my level. So yeah, I don't mm-hmm. need this. But we can walk away from those circumstances without putting down the other person and to still use that as a map. But surrounding yourself with people that are embracing your intuitive nature and helping to fuel your spiritual journey is also so key. 
Absolutely. And you're so right. Like, we need to be ready to let bad feelings go. And Mm -hmm. I'll take that back. I don't like bad feelings because all feelings are valid and just and have their time and place. But the ones that kind of bog you down and keep you in a lower vibrational state, feelings of guilt, of shame, of embarrassment, all of those, like, those are really the lowest vibrational energies. And it's hard it can be really hard to break out of a cycle when there's a lot in your life that's affecting, you know, keeping you in that place because negative emotions will cloud your intuition. I know that whenever I'm feeling down in the dumps, it's physically impossible for me to tap into my intuitive nature and Mm -hmm. research actually backs this. Um, It's found that people made better intuitive choices in uh, any task when they were in a more positive mood as compared to when they were in a negative mood. So like Jen said, journaling, processing things, letting them go and being really ready to part with them sometimes is, is the key to it all. Yes. I I wrote another quote down that I wanted to share too, that the intuition, I got this from the seat of the soul, but the intuition is a walkie-talkie between the personality and the soul. So I love that as an analogy that... I love that. Yeah. We're not going to shed the ego. We're not going to get rid of the ego. It's going to keep coming back. It sits with us, but it's... It's that walkie-talkie between both sides, so we have to stay just as in check of the ego to to connect with the soul. So there is a back and forth there. So yeah, I wanted to share that as well. I love that. Just like the image of the walkie-talkie in between yeah. the ego and the soul, and it's the method of communicating. So that's yes. really neat. And one other thing I was thinking about is um, sleep, since we are holistic beings and knowing that we are mind, body, spirit, we need to be able to recharge our bodies and our minds in order to connect with that, that space of spirit and dream time. Um, it's really the brain's way of processing information that's left over from the day. There's so much like really valuable data through the experiences, memories, and learnings um, that happen during our dream time. So paying attention to your dreams can provide lots of juicy information that maybe you not you don't normally have access to when you're awake. So pay attention to what those are. Write them down. Maybe you have a little notebook next to your bedside table or right right when you wake up in the morning you write down what your dreams were the night before and see what that means to you what you think your subconscious is trying to tell you based on what's been going on in your life so good yes mind body spirit throwing a lot of good stuff at you (laughs) and if it's not clear we really want you to have a lot of journals around yes (laughs) we love our journals yes (laughs) i think you can spot a spiritual person a lot of there's so much writing involved in this awakening and unveiling i have notebooks for days (laughs) same here same here so oh man i think we are We've talked about a lot today. We've yeah, talked thanks, about, Kat. I of love course, it. my five one, but not attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Short sisters for life Short, who yes. actually feel tall. <laughs> yes, yes. I Amazing. Love it. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of Waken Together. We can't wait to see you all next week. Bye. Bye.